1: Welcome to episode 498 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm in Hilton, and I know it's been over 24 hours since Barcelona beat Cadiz 2-0, but I did warn you that this wouldn't be coming out until Monday. So here we are on Monday, and for those who didn't skip it, because again, even though the match has been over for a while, we still have some things to talk about, and yes, it is better late than never. So let's dive into the five headlines from Barcelona's 2-0 win over Cadiz. Headline one is temporary home. It seems like a small thing, but it's not. Atmosphere matters, regardless of the talent on the field. And psychology of the fans and the opponent, I do think those things are really interesting. At the Estadio Olympic Luis Companis, there were only 39,603 fans in attendance, as compared to the 80,000-plus at the Camp Nou at the same time last season. In a game against a team that plays a low block, I always wonder if the pressure that the fans put on the team helps or hurts. In the inverse of that, though, always playing devil's advocate, Breaking a press and getting through that back line gets the kind of applause and admiration that you only hear against the teams that are dug in, and only give rare opportunities, like, well, Cadiz. The players always praise the fans and their support, and that does feel a bit like lip service on occasion, but home support does matter, and it does seem that those who are willing to head up the hill to Montjuic are those who truly want to be there, and that is a good thing for the atmosphere in that small stadium. There will be many, many downsides for the next 12 to 18 months playing there, many of which are revenue-based and plenty are still unforeseen, to be honest. But at least the first home match in Barca's temporary home seemed to go off without too many issues, which is basically all you can ask for. And for the journalists, I can tell you I've been in stadiums around this northeast part of the U.S. and I've done much, much smaller games to warn Barca fans. But when you start to go down the list of venues, there again are unforeseen things, whether it's internet, whether it's whatever it may be. You'd hope that The streaming and the availability on the different TV networks of the game, nothing like that is ever affected, but You never know what happens when you're up on a hill almost week and you're not in your regular home. And again, Barcelona, I think they're trying to plan for everything. And Real Madrid really over the last few years has set the blueprint on how to take a major gigantic team and have them have to work in a temporary home for a while. But unlike Real Madrid, Barcelona are a little more, as I've said, reliant on that gate revenue. And 39600 I just wish that number was up a little bit more. It's not good enough. I think Barcelona should be hoping to flirt with around that 50,000, which is about full capacity. But I hope they start to flirt with that 50,000 number when results start to, I hope, compound upon each other in all the good ways and good vibes. And a winning streak could be really helpful to start the year. Headline two is Xavi starts lamin Mall. Let's jump right into the game. I tell people, relax. Don't overhype these teenagers. Let's hope he gets five to 15 appearances this season we'll see coming off the bench wouldn't that be great for Lamini Mall and then Xavi goes did you tell me not to hype him were you talking to me because I'm going to just start him in the first Liga game at home of the season because yes Rafinha is suspended but Farron Torres had the game not game of his life but he was really good last year against Keddie so why not do the same thing again well that is because he's the backup to Lewandowski at the nine yeah we'll talk about that later Ball does make history with this, though, and it's another one of those unprecedented, but we keep getting more unprecedented with these every few years. He does become the youngest of Liga starter for FC Barcelona in their history, breaking the record set by Vicente Martínez Alama all the way back in a 4-3 loss to Real Madrid in October 1941. Barca finished 12th that year, winning the Copa del Generismo. His family was full of boxers, and he wanted to play football. Unfortunately, he had a number of injuries, and while not making it Barca, he did play for a bunch of Catalan teams for a number of years, Number three now on that list, he was number two. This kid, Ansu Fante is his name, but we'll talk about him later. I do think you're going to continue to see a lot of that top 10, I would have surmised in the next 10 to 15 years, kind of be broken. You have names like Boyan Kerkic being number four. There's Messi on that list. And I think with the professionals of these academies in the last 30 plus years, even major clubs like FC Barcelona, these teenagers are so prepared for all the different challenges of playing at the top level, where yes, if you do not invest in them and continue to invest in them and help them behind the scenes, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, I would say almost the first six years of Luminium All professional career, there are a lot of different moments. There are many rubicons to cross for him to be a longtime professional at a club like FC Barcelona or anywhere in a top division. So for Luminium Mall, it's just a matter of continuing to kind of take, as I've been saying, Every game at a time. And if anything, that's why Xavi started Lamini Mall. Lamini Mall might not play any other games the rest of this entire season, but having started in this circumstance is huge for his professional development as long as it worked in a positive way. And certainly the way he played to focus on this game was positive. The first five minutes, he had a wonderful inside dribbling move right to left. And already in the sixth minute, he had to question did he draw a penalty? Did he go down too easily? I think if you're a Kool Aid, you say one thing. If you're not, you might say the other. So, I mean, I get it in the sixth minute why that isn't a penalty. But I'm also glad that while he didn't get the penalty, it didn't affect his confidence in the least. He put in a beautiful ball in the 15th minute to Pedri, who didn't head the ball into the net or lay it on a plate for Lewandowski. So, that, believe it or not, is on the other Wonderkin in Pedri and not on the one who delivered it in the box into Lemini Mall. 29th minute, a poor touch by Lewandowski, fortunately, falls to Lemini Mall. Just stopped by the fingertips of Adesma for his first senior goal, so close, and you get the sense that if he does play 15 to 20 times this year, at least a goal or two is going to come for lamin Mall in that time. 46th minute, he had a shot saved. Lewandowski got the rebound stuck in his feet. That could have been another place where he was in the highlights. Earned a corner in the 53rd on a nice little piece of skill, and in the 85th minute, exited for Ferran Torres to plenty of applause. Wound up playing 84 minutes. 58 touches, 34 accurate passes, 85%, which is just fine for wingers in Xavi's system. One key pass, one big chance created, one big chance missed, which is the one that was saved by Ledesma, so again, nothing on him. One accurate cross, which is the one that Pedri talked about, three successful dribbles, four of eight duels won, one clearance, one tackle, two interceptions, not so shabby. Those numbers don't really mean anything because for youngsters especially, the eye test says more than anything else about these kids. And Lemini Mall, of course, his star, his stock, it's all rising. But just looking at what he did against Caddy it's from a functional perspective, and I think that's how I want to start to calmly kind of not even die down the hype, but enjoy his first season in the first team, which looks like that's what it's going to be, unless maybe Zhao Felix really does change everything around. But for Luminium Mall, regardless of how many appearances he makes this season, functionally you see why he may fit as a right winger in this system. And before you say replacing Dembele or he's going to put Rafinha on the bench, I'm not sure about putting Rafinha on the bench. I think Rafinha is going to be as a professional, making as much money as is. That's just a business decision. I know you want to win games, and I don't really know over the course of a season, Lamine Yamal and his frame taking a beating from the League of Defenders. If that is going to hold up over the course of months and months and months, I more think of him as... Well, you see a lot of the times in the NCAA in college basketball, where you see these prolific freshmen, they come out of the gate the first two months of the season, and they're just scorching the ball, and they're playing terrifically. Or you jump up to the NBA and those rookies, they come out of the gate, they look great in the first few months, and then they seem to hit a complete cliff where their high school or college seasons would have ended. And for Lumini Mall, the U-19 level plays a lot less games. So I think expecting him to play when the schedule does get a little bit tighter with Champions League and you have multiple games a week for a little bit there, and including the international break where he's going to be away at the U-17s from November through December, part of those months. So for the all, there's a possibility that he's going to play too much football this season and especially too much at the top level is not to say a concern, but is, I think, something that Xavi is going to be monitoring. So I think, as I said, Xavi is taking him one game at a time and based on the return that he delivered, you're definitely going to have him incorporated one game at a time in all the good ways.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Headline three is all the midfielders. Rafinha was suspended. Rajo and Inigo Martinez were injured. So Xavi decided to get creative. He had Romelu and Gronowen rotating as a double pivot and Pedri and Gabi staying put on the left and right respectively. And with Pedri and Gronowen on the left playing together, that really was the interesting wrinkle, wasn't it? Barca was strong side to the left side with Balde and De Jong as a center back. Lewandowski is more comfortable shading to the left anyway. So, really, just putting all your numerical bodies on the other side. And against a team playing a low block like Caddies, you do want to take advantage of the half spaces. So, putting all of your most technical players and in and Pedri on the left and having Balde, who in theory over Luminium all, can penetrate a little bit better, in theory should be able to overlap and get in behind, and also has to do his defensive duties. But then you also have that extra body in whether it's Pedri, whether it's Gunigan, whether it's De Jong. And whether even Lewandowski is going to drop in and defend, which he doesn't really do. But in theory, you have more bodies on that left to deal with the fact that Baldi is going to be farther upfield. Meanwhile, on the right, you have Gabi playing as that high right interior. And it was good to see, too, that mean streak on full display from Gabi. And I do say mean streak in a positive way. I would expect Gabi to get a yellow against a team like Cadiz because that does kind of establish what the line is. And it's so funny that because against Adafe, that referee did not establish the line, this ramp against Cadiz seemed to define that line rather early for both teams because Gabi <laughs> was kicking back. And I think that's totally fine for Gabi to get a yellow the way he did. It seemed like a controlled yellow when he got it. And even though he was complaining a bunch, I don't think he was flirting with the second one, even when he came off. So Gabi, I thought he put in a pretty good showing. And he had a lot of responsibility, too, as a connecting high right interior. And he also had that on one of the opportunities that Kadi had was the one who came all the way back onto the left side. To make the sliding tackle at the end of it. So Gabi, his movement I thought was really good in that game and I don't want that to go unnoticed. De who played center back, is also a midfielder though and we should start to consider that midfield rotation because Xavi is using six forwards in his team. He has six of them and he ends these games and shout out to Levon for pointing us out. It was a second straight game that Barcelona started the game with two attackers and ended the game with four attackers. And it seems like you'd argue, and I know that the formation says 4-3-3, or it looks like a 4-3-3, but it's not as we know. It is a 3-2-2-3 with Balde being on that left wing. That's what we know it is. That said, with these midfielders, I am concerned that if you start with two attackers and things are working and you don't make subs the 60th minute, and yeah, you could throw all these attackers on late to get a result, but this is going to be a worry when, as I said with the mini mall, your team is playing twice a week, and these games start to pile up. Or even going win this early in the season against a team like Cadiz? I know you want to make sure that you have Or to cut out those counter attacks, which is the only way that Cadiz is gonna score. For going win it, you needed him and Pedri to be able to break through those lines for Cadiz, and it is no surprise that it was going who assisted on Pedri's goal. Right? You have all these midfielders doing a thing. And you could also argue he did get the man of the match, that being De Young. and it was actually hard to disagree with that. 25th minute, yeah, center back De Young gets caught. That mistake on the poor touch probably gets easily picked up by a center back who would have been behind him. But instead, he's a center back, nobody behind him. He had to slide in and it was a pretty clean tackle, probably not a foul, let alone a yellow. So I feel like I can throw that away and talk about the rest of his performance that it seemed like he, being a captain now, maybe I don't know if it's something in him. Without Busquets even saying, "Hey, I got to be the guy here," I know what Pedri does. We know what Gonalon does, and I'm going to trust my teammates to support me. So he started pushing forward, farther and farther and farther up the field, and that put Barcelona in more and more danger. But it also meant that Cardiff's low block was moving backwards more and more towards their own goal as the second half went along. And I thought De Young was really important as. We know he does best, a space taker, taking up that space and continuing to kind of push that line of a low block, little by little, yard by yard, and put the opposing back line under the most pressure you can put them under. And I think the De DeYoung's dribbling did that to good effect in the game. And he also didn't do too shabby as a center back. It is a clean sheet, regardless of how it happens. Many times last season, we said the same things. I don't care how lucky you get, but they got lucky. Young played center back and you kind of take it and you go from there. Now, De young is a midfielder in this team, but we also see until Inigo Martinez gets healthy and Araujo's down again for another month, even with all the center backs it feels like you have, you are on the precipice of disaster. Cancelo, in that way, can't come soon enough. Headline four is almost Ledesma again. Wow, ah, Ledesma, right? I said in that preview that mathematically, it seemed impossible that he could repeat and be one of the top three goalkeepers in the Liga again. That's why I thought that Cadiz was going to go down. But if Ledesma is going to continue to just be one of the best goalkeepers in the Liga, then Cadiz does have a chance in the first division this season. It all started in the third minute, and you knew that, oh boy, Barcelona in for a long day with the Cadiz goalkeeper in net standing on his head. Pedri delivered in Kunde, who got him behind. Less than a minute later, though, Ter Stegen came to the rescue after Balde gave it away too easily for Roger Martí. And we know that Barcelona won the Liga title last season by 10 points, and a lot of that is because they had a goalkeeper that was better than the other goalkeeper. And so Barcelona yesterday needed Ter Stegen to be the better of the two, and Ledesma gave him all that he could handle, that being Ter Stegen, to answer those calls. Ledesma, six saves, 1.04 goals saved. He saved an entire goal, numerically. It's just incredible. And Barcelona, good on them. I know people got on them on their stats, all oh, they're not creating enough, but they did create an expected goal of 3.24 compared to Cadiz's 1.13. So yes, you would hope that Barcelona were able to get their opponent's number under one, sure. But Barcelona did have 75% of possession, they had 23 shots to 10, and they had almost 560 passes in the game. The fouls, of course, Cadiz, were trying to line them up, 22 for them, 9 for Barcelona, but I also thought, Cadiz, that has to be their style. Just like Hadafe, they have got to play that way to get results, they just don't have the sheer talent and technical ability to possess the ball for any passages of play up the field if it's not just direct and going at the opponent's goal immediately. On that note, Barcelona, I do admit a little bit. They do need to create some more. Lewandowski was frustrated again, and referees are having a hard time calling the -the off-the-ball stuff against Lewandowski. So I would not be surprised, and I will throw this out here, here. My big prediction, I'd say it's a prediction, but I think before this next weekend's match against Villarreal, I think in Xavi's pre-game conference, again, I'm going out on a limb here, and saying that I think he's going to make a mention and give some confidence to Lewandowski and say, hey, these referees are not policing those center backs on my number nine, my center striker, they are letting him get fouled off the ball way too much. You're only calling the stuff on the ball. And that is getting Lewandowski frustrated. And for a player that is not really in great form, he's got a lot of passion. You see the way that he yells at Ansu when Ansu makes 50-50 good or bad decisions. You see the way he yelled at Rafinha, the way he yelled at Abde already in the preseason. Lewandowski is frustrated. I get it. He wants to put the ball in the back of the net. And before As Levon and I talked about on the last podcast, before we go crazy about what it is for Lewandowski in the future and if he's done and dusted and all that hyperbole, I think Lewandowski just need a few games to get right. And for me and Lewandowski, it's a lot less about the physical than it is more the mental that these center backs at the bottom of the league of table are taking him out of these games. Fortunately, Barcelona did figure some things out in the second half or Romeo got another chance, but immediately afterwards, Cadiz missed one wide, De Jong and Balde in transition and a better team finishes that. Akraz instead was put off by a Gavi tackle that I already mentioned. Then Barcelona, they had their shots too. They hit the bar off a corner in the 54th minute ahead of from Gavi, but it still should have been 2-0 Cadiz in the 63rd minute. Chris Ramos gets by Christensen and goal sight of De Jong to get the shot off. I think a better forward probably finishes that and Barcelona were lucky to survive that. 68th minute, changes came. Finally, Gavi out for Ansu, Baldi out for Abde. Ansu tucked inside and Abde as a left wing back. And even though the personnel changed, the formation didn't really change. But the only thing that happened was Balde, who I think by that point, not say he was ready to be pulled, but actually probably would have been frustrated if Balde hadn't been subbed out of that game. I know he's important on that left wing, but he's being asked to do a lot this season. Once again, going back to Kinsella point, who is going to be the main focus of our second show this week, because it does seem like he's going to be on his way this week. So we're being a bit preemptive with it. That said, Balde, until somebody's there to back him up, Jordi Abbo probably would have been the guy to give him some opportunities. We saw it last year. If you're going to have him play left wing and left back at the same time and have to really command that entire left side, I think Abde might have to be a left wing back this season and defend. And that might be the position. I think that might even be a way to get Abde some minutes. Is he good enough defensively? I'm not sure. But again, that left wing or left back position is being asked to do a whole heck of a lot in Xavi's system. And Balde, even at 19, even with young legs, cannot be asked to do that for 90 minutes every game. As I said, with two games a week, I keep reiterating this. that Barcelona do have a stronger team this season, but you still see the fall off in depth and what you can trust when it comes to actually putting this team into action multiple times a week. 79th minute, Roberto and Eric on for Romeo and Christensen. Left back, Eric Garcia That is a choice, but as you heard me say last season, I'll say it again this season, hey, when Eric Garcia and this Barcelona team wind up getting a clean sheet, and there's nothing I can say that he did wrong in the game, we leave him alone for a game and worry about the next one. Headline five is to come late, not too late. Yes, they both came with Barcelona fighting the clock as much as they were fighting Cadiz, but they did finally break through the 1-0 Pedri goal. And it does take a villa to score against a 5-4-1 like Cadiz. And finally, players started moving. I probably should have said this earlier in the five headlines, but that really was the thing that was most frustrating for Barcelona fans. Is that Yes, I know for these players, it's really tiresome to continue to make run after run after run and never receive the ball. But against these back lines, you have got to keep moving. And Barcelona, when they finally started moving, good things finally happened. Roberto made the run. Luminium all stayed wide to take one and, and occupy that wide left wing back. Agunowin and Ansu stayed in the middle to occupy two. Pedri was a free man in that situation, so Pedri started his run after he had received the ball and laid it off into the box, just as Lewandowski made a curling run in front of the center back that Pedri attacked, and that was as Ansu froze the left center back for just a moment by also making a run into the box. Three runs all converging in the spaces between the three center backs, and Pedri is the one who receives the pass from Agunowin and finishes with his left foot. Pedri, with seven of his 11 goals, coming when the score was 0-0. Pedri, yeah, I mean, the guy has a little bit of a clutch gene in him when it's time to score goals. I wish he did that when things didn't matter and he can just rack up 15 goals in a season scoring from midfield because Pedri will have opportunities this season whether teams are playing a low block or not. He's going to be high up the field. So if Pedri can put on his scoring boots for 12 to 15 this year, very much like Gunowin did last season for Man City, that would be very helpful to Barcelona's chances. When Ferran Torres came into the game, Ferran went to the left. Abde moved over to the right, and then Ansu, I thought, throw this out there, I don't know, I I saw some question marks about him, I thought he added something again, two of his chances where he took it himself and Lewandowski gave him an earful, you're going to see that from Forge, but you'd almost rather have him take those chances, and of course Lewandowski thinks he could finish it himself, so two wrongs don't make a right, I think in that circumstance, Ansu is probably wrong for taking the chances, and I'm probably just overblowing how much Lewandowski's to Ansu truly, truly matters to anybody. The 2-0 comes, though. Ferran Torres continues to score, puts the ball on the mat to the late finish. Caddis finally pushing numbers forward and show you why they usually don't do that. It was a 3v3 then for Barcelona. Makes the curling run as Lewandowski dropped to head on the long pass from Ter Stegen. Good composure and a good finish in a 1v1 situation against the goalkeeper for Ferran Torres. But again, that goal was built by late movement. And that is the whole thing about Barcelona, though, too, and that's been historically against not just for Barcelona, but for every team that's going to have a lot more possession against a team playing a low block. Most times, the goals and the majority of goals are going to come in the last 40 minutes of the game because it does take time to wear to physically wear down your opposition using the ball. And Barcelona, I felt like they did to be positive about it. I think they did stick to the game plan. While their movement up top wasn't good enough, I thought they moved the ball really well. Sideline to sideline, sideline to sideline throughout that game. Credit to the center backs for being a big part of that as well. Christensen and Koundé and De Young, I thought they were really good with that. Again, continuing just to just put Cadiz sideline to sideline, make them run for 60, 70 minutes. And that means that those goals in the 80th plus minute, they come easier if you make your opponent work in a way that they didn't do against Adafi. So I thought this with a very similar approach, was much better than a Adafé match. And not to say I'm positive after it, but against a team that's going to play this way, it's always going to be ugly. Three points. They matter. That's it. Bonus headline. Spain does win the Women's World Cup. I will likely be talking about this a bit more when I have a bit more time, but it's a big story, of course. Barcelona, while two of their players in Lucy bronze and Cara Walsh were on England, that failed to win the game. It was Spain and that contingent that were important to it. Aitana Banmani, I think, has probably wrapped up the Ballon d'Or at this point, having won the Champions League, having won the World Cup. I think this one is hers. Aitana Banmani, really good in that game again. And of course, the big news is non-Barcelona, it's actually Real Madrid related, and that is Olga Kamona, who scored the winner, learned that her father passed away after the match. That is as heartbreaking as it comes and to have the greatest moment in your life be juxtaposed with one of the worst moments in her life. Yeah, it certainly is the human experience, and and that's what life is. It was also that being the match and the whole thing overshadowed by Rubiales and his kiss of Jenny Hermoso during the medal ceremony, which is just, I mean, beyond anything that you could comprehend as professional (laughs) in any way. I I don't know what's going to happen to the Spain FA. It seems like it's one thing to double down, but it's another thing to somehow raise your negative behavior because now you're even safer because you've done the winning that almost justifies all your behavior. So, wild stuff. I would say keep watch of how that all goes down because I think winning the World Cup gave the power to Vilda and Rubiales and the FA and they held the power in their hands, but I think some of the we'll say viral moments, and the only thing that really ever does take these powerful men down and it usually doesn't. But the only thing that really takes these kind of people down is consistent pressure, that does begin with the players, yes. But when there is overwhelming evidence where advertisers and people that affect the money that comes into these people's pockets, when advertisers are saying, well, I don't think we want to sign the same deal with the Spanish FA because of the way that they are, regardless of the players. So I do think their bottom line, if it's in any way affected by advertisers wanting to support World Cup winners and put them on posters and all this different stuff, but they don't really want to work with an FA that also has all of this stuff online and all this stuff being constantly shared about their bad behavior, those numbers and dollars and figures and negotiations are gonna be more difficult. And the people who hold the power in FA, yes, it is Rubiales, but a manager, I mean, he would be done and dusted if that was the case. It depends on how hard this line is gonna be for these players, for advertisers, and for the big shots that put money in the pockets of Rubiales and company. So it's so sad that I have to be talking about that. And that's like the big story after Spain wins the World Cup. But yes, yeah, so many Barcelona players. And it is not to say fitting or poetic as a culé, but it is nice to see when you look at the logos on the starters for Spain of the club logos, I should say. And there's a whole lot of Barcelona in there. To be successful together, to win as a team, kind of does reiterate that Barcelona won the Champions League because they were the best team. And a lot of these players wind up winning the World Cup because they are the best team. Couldn't be prouder of the women who are representing the Barca Femini, both for Spain and England, in the Women's World Cup the whole way, and especially in the final. So it was exciting to see. Hopefully, everybody stayed generally healthy, but let's give them some time off. Don't overrun them. There's been enough injuries already in men and women's football this season. So let them go on vacation. Even take your lumps. I don't care. They've made enough history in the last few years. Let them, that being the team, take some lumps if they don't have their talent back and then get them a good vacation so they can come back and get ready to go after another treble. All right. So that does add a lot to say about the 2-0 win over Cardiff, which shouldn't have been more than five minutes, but here we are. That said, there is one more show coming this week all about Cancelo. It's not really gonna be too timely on anything else news of the day. And then you are not gonna hear from me until about Monday-ish, hopefully, after that Real match review. It seems like every time for Real, I'm always traveling. I've been seemingly all over the US and to Europe, but it's only when Real are playing Barcelona. I don't know why that is. It just always happens that way. So any content related to the Yellow Submarine might be a bit delayed, so that's your programming note, but I'll try my best to get it all out when I return from some of my travels. So as always, until next time though, most importantly, for Separatist.